Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Wednesday, February 21st, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron, with a little voice problem, but we'll get through it, Alex B. Smith, and joining us, better late than never, uh, we were supposed to have Carter Hutton joining us uh, a while back, last-minute family emergency unfolded, and he's here, though, now with us on this Wednesday, February 21st, Carter Hutton, long overdue, but finally, welcome to the Ice Guys. Yeah, thanks, Ian, Alex, obviously excited to be here, last time I got the, got the call from the bullpen to pick my kids up from school, so it, it happens now, that's the retired life, eh? my, I'm down the priority list in the household anymore, so that's the way she goes now. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so, Carter, we'll uh, jump into just uh, the hockey background for you, really, how you got into it, just as, just how you got into the sport at, at the very beginning before you even got to it got into junior at the NHL start there. You know, for me, just growing up where I grew up, right, I'm born and raised in Thunder Bay, Ontario, right? So it's a game where, you know, every every few blocks you're going to find an outdoor rink on the corner or if it's summertime, kids are playing street hockey, just a game that is just immersed in our culture here. So for me, naturally, I kind of was around it all the time, not necessarily a goalie growing up, right? I just played the game um, where I lived. I lived between two schools in like four bays. So I spent hours and hours at the outdoor rink just playing, you know, learning the game. Even now when I play beer league or I play out, I'm a stay-home demon. And uh, people are always surprised at how well I can play the game, right? Because I just grew up playing. It wasn't about being specialized. It was just about being out with my buddies, being on the rink or being, you know, around the game. So I think that's where I kind of fell in love with it. Um, you know, again, just having family, friends and school, everyone plays hockey. My dad was a big, we were big Red Wings fans in my house. So I grew up loving Stevie Y and Sergey Fedorov. We had some good years when I was a kid. So uh, something to inspire to. And then I think as I got a little older, you know, eight, nine years old around the game, you start to get a chance to play goal. And uh, I just took a liking to it. The story goes that I was, my dad was coaching with a few friends and uh, I ended up going in net and did well. And then his buddy who was coaching with him kept trying to put, push me to go into net because obviously he was competitive and wanted me to do well but I think I fell in love with the gear right the helmet all the equipment and I even find that now with my six-year-old son he wants to go in net my wife dreads it but that's kind of how I fell in love with the game and then from there I was never really like a big prospect just slowly kind of worked my way up um you know, I think when I was 15, 16, I still didn't really grow that much. It wasn't until I was in my 17, 18, I really sprouted and and that's when I really learned how to work hard and and you know, get all the other ducks in a row there. And that's kind of my, how I fell in love with the game for sure. And you're the perfect example, Carter, of hard work, you know, paying off for you because, you know, you didn't play OHL, WHL, uh, QMJHL hockey, you know, in the CHL, played lower level junior. You eventually got to uh, play with UMass Lowell, uh, the River Hawks. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Animal sounding, although the voice is hurting a little bit today. But yeah, UMass Lowell, uh, the River Hawks. Uh, you were there for four seasons. Uh, pretty good numbers I'm seeing there. 2.06, 2.04 goals against, 9.28 save percentage final season there with UMass Lowell. So uh, how was the college experience in, in uh, UMass Lowell? College was definitely where I took off. You know, I played junior A in Thunder Bay and I was, it was a rough junior league. Like we just, all we did was we'd play and we'd party. We'd play and we'd party, right? I didn't work out. I thought maybe doing a few sit-ups or, you know, a few push-ups was training, right? Like I was definitely 
old school when it came to that, right? And that's how we were coached. So then when I got my scholarship, I played in the national championship for junior. I got a scholarship out of Canada. It was like very eye-opening, right? I think the first day I got the workout program, I went to work out with one of my buddies in the gym that, you know, frequent the gym more than I had because I hadn't spent much time in there. I remember throwing up doing the first day of the program, um, just like a culture shock. And I went to school and I was the weakest guy. I couldn't do a pull-up. I couldn't do anything, um, but I could play. I could stop pucks. I was athletic. I had that raw ability. So for me, it was like, that was where my growth curve really just took off. Right. Cause now I had the resources, the people around me that were helping me get better. And I already had the template of being a good goalie. So in college is where I really, really took off and had some successful years and learned how to become a pro and, you know, become a man. Yeah, that's, that's good. And I've noticed that because I see the number, I see you consistently year upon year at UMass Lowell, your numbers got better, your performance got better uh, when you were there. So after that, you get into the pros, uh, AHL mostly, Rockford Ice Hockey, well, Adirondack, Worcester, uh, a little stint with Toledo ECHL, Rockford for a couple of years in the AHL, pretty solid numbers, 11, 12, 12, 13. And then you get that opportunity, your NHL debut with Alex's beloved Chicago Blackhawks, 2012, 2013. I mean, you just joining that team for that NHL debut and you realize, holy fuck, this is Chicago. This is a team that is year in and year out a Stanley Cup contender. Hell, the season that you debuted in the NHL with Chicago, they won the Stanley Cup. They were not only President's Trophy winners, they won the Stanley Cup. You know, back when President's Trophy winners would actually win the fucking Stanley Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago did it that season. Yeah, back when there was some depth. Yeah, they were amazing that year. That was the lockout season. That was my second year with Rockford, so I got called up a bunch the year before. And my other years in the American League were good, but that was where I really cut my teeth. I got a ton of games. I got a chance to really develop. So I, I was signed as number five because they had Corey Crawford, Alexander Salak, Alec Richards, and me. I was number four at the time. And right before training camp, they signed Ray Emery, which right. kind of pushed me down. I went to the East Coast. But I think my background of just being dealing with shit my whole career, not being a silver spooner, I just kept to it, kept to it, kept to it. Where Salak wanted nothing to do with the American League. Alec Richards was a silver spooner. I got there. The coach loved me, and he just played the heck of me. That one year, I, I'm sure you have the stats in front of you, but I played in Toledo and I played in Rockford. I played like yeah. almost 60 games, and I took off, and then they gave me an NHL deal, and the rest was history. That's when I really became like a – an AHL certified goalie. I got a chance to play in the NHL was around the Stanley cup. And then from there, that springboarded me right into Nashville the next year. Yeah, no question. I mean, that first time you got to start the one game there was Chicago, my goodness. And you all of a sudden are there with the team and you're seeing Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. And you're Quenville, of course, behind the bench. You're seeing that, Holy shit, this team is an amazing hockey team. I've just got to come in here and try to, you know, not screw it up too much. Just be, play my game and just let them do the rest, right? I mean, it must have been a, a wide-eyed, eye-opening experience for you. Yeah, I had backed up. I had backed up with San Jose, Philadelphia, and Chicago before that. So I, I almost had like 20 or 25 games backed up before I got a chance to play. So I, the honeymoon phase was over in that sense, but I still struggled with the imposter syndrome, right? For a guy that was just this nobody and I made it and you're playing against all these guys. So it was kind of a, a slow burn in that sense, right? And for me, it was nice because I had spent a couple of years with the Hawks. So I got to know those guys and had that, you know, that formality with everybody. But yeah, it's it's overwhelming. I remember when we played my first game, we ended up scratching a bunch of guys because it was the last game of the year. So they sat out sharp. 
Kane, Taves, Keith, uh, Seabrook. I think Seabrook played. So it was funny. It was like the Rockford Blackhawks. Everybody was pissed that came to the game. And St. Louis was playing for home ice against L.A. So they came in and pounded us in St. Louis. But it was a great experience for me, right? It was that first game that I was dying to play and, and really made me understand that I could play there and get the job done. Yeah, pretty cool. And again, Nashville for three seasons. That's really where you got an extended look, 40 games in your first year with Nashville, 2013, 14, 18, the following season, 17, the following season. Then you go to St. Louis for two years with the Blues, you know, 30 and 32 games back to back. And then you made your way to my team growing up. Alex is a Hawks fan growing up. I was a Sabres fan growing up. And I still deep down hope for the best for them, even though they piss me off more often than not. Uh, but the Buffalo Sabres, you were there for a few seasons there in uh, Buffalo. Of course, you know, the team for, well, the longest time, it's the longest playoff drought now in the NHL. It's been a tough, tough decade uh, for Buffalo. Uh, and uh, you were there for three seasons. You ended up playing 81 games, uh, 94 games altogether with uh, Buffalo from 2018 to 2021. And then in 21-22, you get to the desert, Arizona, very brief stay, three games and then you'd made that decision where uh, that's going to be all for me. What what made you come to that decision that it was time to move on to other things? Was it um, opportunity? Was it family? Was it uh, performance? Because I got to admit, I see that last season in Arizona, 7.71 goals. Against <laughs> Were you like, fuck this, I'm done? Or was there another reason that uh, you decided, yep, it's time to hang them up? No, maybe it was those three years in Buffalo fucked me up, but uh, no, it is. Uh, that wouldn't have surprised me. No, <laughs> no honestly, it was good, man. I love, I love Buffalo. Honestly, I wish I could have did better there. And but you're a product of the situation, right? You even see it now. It's like they need more. They need. Uh, it's hard to play. I went from leading the league and everything when I was in St. Louis um, in the 30 plus games I played in stats. To Buffalo was just it was just a shit show, right? I fell for him. That's a, that's a hockey market I want to see win. But for me, so my last year in Buffalo, I got hurt playing against the Rangers. Uh, Goche, I forgot what his first name is. But he was playing on the Rangers, landed on top of me. Rasmus Ristolainen had a nice D-man there, popped him right on top of me. And I, I hurt my ankle. I had to get ankle surgery. I rehabbed, and I was in uh, a cast for like eight months. I couldn't move my foot. And then that summer, I signed with... Arizona. It was kind of one of those deals where Bill Armstrong had dealt with me in St. Louis, loved me, brought me down. Then they traded Kemper away. So he was like, I had a lot of shoes to fill there. And it, I just never was the same. My ankle wasn't the same. I couldn't move the same way. I, I tried my best to come back and, and make something of it. And it just wasn't there. And then at that point, I hurt my knee. I played three games in that third game. We we're playing the Flyers. I hurt my knee. And that was for me. I was 36 years old. My ankle is not good. I just hurt my knee. Like I'm at the point where you know, what am I doing? I had a lot of life to live. And, and I was, I had made peace with it. I was ready to move on and, and start the next chapter of my life. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, there's a couple of organizations you were also with the Leafs for just a little, yeah, uh, brief little stint as well. They were on the list with the Flyers as well. Did I miss yeah, them? So, the, so right out of school, I played at, for Adirondack. Right. So again, I, I, I crushed, I crushed it in college. I had great numbers, but I, I still couldn't really get a job or do anything. So I switched agents and he got me opportunity to go play in the American league right away. I played four games. And then that night, um, one of the goalies got hurt in the NHL. So the next day I got called up and I got to back up Brian Boucher against the Devils. So my first ever NHL experience was against the Devils and Marty Brodeur was starting. So it was pretty wow. cool standing at the red line, getting to see Marty Brodeur and, um, play. I didn't play, but even to this day, like, you know, I had a good connection with Brian Boucher the rest of my career was he, he called a lot of games I played in right so we always had that yeah. that connection of my first ever NHL game yeah no doubt and of course 
Brian Boucher still going strong. Uh, there's no question. Speaking of going strong, our show has been going strong. This is now, what, six, seven years now yeah. uh, of the Ice Guys show. It's hard to believe we've been doing this show seven days a week uh, this long. Uh, but, you know, Carter was playing, you know, and we'd be breaking down games. And yep. there'd be times, too, we'd see Carter Hart, Hutton confirmed that. Hey, you got to bet that over now. Especially in Arizona. Yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There were moments. But let's also not forget this man played several seasons in the NHL, worked his tail off to get yeah. to where he was, somehow managed to, you know, a bunch of games in the NHL, various organizations, just hung around, and you, you know, ended up going for, you know, uh, but multiple different teams for what eight years or so. So you got to look back on that and say, Hey, I just managed to find my way through the national hockey league, albeit a bit of a, you know, the, the traveling suitcase and going to different teams. You made it through eight years and you stuck there and, and you got multiple opportunities. And you can look back on it and say, Hey, gave it my all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. It's a dogfight, right? There's always different things. Like for me, it was, I had to find my niche where I was a reliable backup, a good, um, locker room guy you know there's times where i had more minutes i found for me like my sweet spot was when i was playing one game a week you know i could go in i could do my thing and then when i started to get more and more minutes i think the way that i played i played with so much jump i had to have lots of energy it was hard for it to be sustainable where yeah. you know even now like my years in buffalo when i played with linus allmark you know he'd get 40 45 shots he'd come to the bench he didn't have an ounce of sweat on him he was just like just go through a game no problem it didn't affect him where when i would play two, three games a week, man, it was hard. I, I dropped six to eight pounds a game. You're trying to recover. You're trying to find energy for the next game. So I've always had a ton of respect for guys that can play a lot of minutes. Like a goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury that plays goalie, right? He doesn't just sit and yeah. let the game come to him. So for me, that was always that barrier. I found my sweet spot in that 30 game range. When I started to play 50 or more, it was just, it was hard. It was hard to sustain the way I played with that many minutes. And I have to yeah. say, you, you played in the, in an era where the game changed from you had the Brodeurs and the Flurries and guys playing 60 up to 70 starts a year. They were workhorses. And now you, at the end of your career, you went to where teams are starting to use this 1A, 1B system and kind of rotate where now you need two goaltenders to be a, a, a true contending team. So kind of talk about that change. And what yeah. do you think, you know, do you think that you like how more teams are going with the 1A, 1A, 1B system? Do you think that we should see more of the kind of old school you know, development where guys get a ton of, of minutes and, and a ton of games, you know, in the minors and in juniors so they could play 70 games if they need to, or, or at least go 60 games and then be completely fresh for a, a 18 to 22 game run. If they're lucky enough to get that into the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's gotta be like not one size fits all too. Right. Like you gotta know what you have in the cupboard too. Right. Like you got a team like, you know, for example, like Winnipeg Jets, right. You have a guy like Connor Hellebuck who can manage a lot of minutes. He doesn't have the wear and tear. He plays more conservative a game. But when you start talking about some other teams, even you look at like Swayman and Allmark who have this one, a one B platoon where now you've really developed Swayman into a much better goalie. Right. And now right. whether you keep him or you move him, he has a lot of value where you look at like Laurent Brisson, he's a little bit older in the sense, but at the same time, now you're kind of limiting his development, his exposure, his value when you want to go to a trade or a free agency, whatever it is. So for me, I kind of had that happen to me when I had three years in Nashville with Pekka Rene, they wanted to resign me, but I had this ceiling above me. It was whether Pekka was playing bad or he was playing good. They had to play Pekka to get him going. They, right. We're going to play him. He's playing so good. We got to keep playing him. He's playing shitty. We got to play him because we want to get him going. So 
I knew I had to leave there if I ever wanted to get more. And I went to a perfect situation where I played with Jake Allen, first year starter, struggled a bit. I got more minutes. I got a chance to get a bigger contract where that I think comes from within, right? The team is going to do it best for the team. You have to do what's best for the player. Cause at the end of the day, man, nobody gives a shit about you. The next guy's going to move in. So I like the fact of going one, a one B and having two guys that can function just the way the wear and tear is right. Like right. you touched on when I first came in the league, a busy night was eight to 12 scoring chances, you know, like, we there's lockdown demon where now you're talking eight to 12 chances a period. Like it is right. more wide right. open. And I also believe this is a product of the salary cap era where you have guys on your third and fourth line that are younger, cheaper players that aren't good defensively. Where back in the day you had, you talk about all these guys, like the Hawks when we won a 23rd, think about their third, fourth line. That was solid guys. Like Absolutely. you could spend money on like a Jamal Mayers who'd been in the league for 14 mm-hmm. years or guys that like had better pedigree where now it's cheaper to sign a bunch of guys call them up if they hit they don't hit especially if you're not a winning team it's wide open right that's that's my take on it as i went through the game and transition right. as i got older yeah uh, that that i could i, I what you, the way you described it is perfect because you're right it, it was growing gradually the 1a 1b you know platoon system that we're seeing with goaltenders now uh, and now it's at the point where it's almost commonplace you know yeah. so many teams need two solid goalies not just the one dominant starter to be at their best and their most successful. 100%. And you made a great point too about how the you know the the actual work on the ice is a lot more because the scoring chances are elevated. The, these teams are faster. Teams are getting to you from one end to the other in, in record time. So, do you think at some point now with the wear and tear and the fact that there's a one A one B system, could we see rosters possibly expand to add a third goalie? I mean, you have teams that are carrying three goalies for the most of the part of this year. Or something we haven't seen in quite Leafs a long time. Just name two right there. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo was carrying three for a minute. So, is it something that you think that we'll see kind of become more commonplace moving forward? Like, I definitely think in the sense of you know, obviously the salary cap's tough to manage. You're trying to win a cup, but at the same time, if you can have a guy that's cheap that can move through waivers easily, I think it becomes more fluent where you see guys manage that. Because my other belief is if you don't have one of the star goalies in the league, right? I'm sure you guys have touched on this. There's a handful of goalies that are just better than everybody else. Everyone else, I would slot myself. I was in the lower end, right? Where it's like, if I was hot, I was hot. If I wasn't, I wasn't. Where it's almost like good to have a platoon of goalies because if a guy gets hot at the right time, let's roll him, right? Let's roll him, let's roll him. Or if you, unless you know you have a guy like in the, you know, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Ottinger, you know, Demko, these guys that are like starting the younger generation of established like big guys. Other than that, like you look at teams, man, it is success by who can get hot at the right time, who's going to lead the way. So having that depth and especially with the wear and tear these guys deal with, you can protect guys from getting injured. So especially if you make the playoffs, you need all the depth you need. You look at Vegas last year, right? They had all the depth in it. It's what they needed. Everybody kind of stood up. Yep. That's uh, well said. I agree with a lot of that. And, uh, you mentioned Jamal Mayer's jammer. Uh, yeah. He's doing, of course, television now, media. That's something you're getting into. We will get to that, your post-hockey playing career that you're now into in a minute. But first, first-time guests, Carter, uh, former players, current players, we got to go to the highlight reel. We have to go to the vault whenever they are on the show. So here we go with a little uh, highlight reel and a little best of uh, Carter Hutton here uh, on the Ice Guys show. Uh, and naturally – not a su- surprise as someone that grew up a Sabres fan. I went to some Buffalo uh, highlights here uh, of Carter Hutton uh, it, with his handiwork. So here's a couple of Carter Hutton highlights. Let's uh, roll the highlight film, as the late, great Rick Jennerette would say. They stole the puck back from Sherry and takes a shot and ends up running off into the corner. 
Chipped off the boards by the Sabres, but not out. Nelson trying to get Matthews. A wraparound out in front of the shot. Whoa, what a save by Hutton. Carter Hutton rubs him blind. And didn't feel you want to call a cop. Call a cop. Great save by Carter Hutton. There you go. Robbing, uh, uh, I think it was either Matthews or Nylander there with the uh, right pad. Uh, does that, is that, you probably look, there's so many games, so many saves. Does that one ring a bell now that you saw it again? No, I remember that one. Yeah, I remember Matthews coming around the net there, and that was always the, I kind of grew up in the old school post play. You know, I had to, I don't know how much you guys ever touch on like RVH and the way guys play on post. So that was kind of like new age for me, and I developed my game. And I always remember that play because I had a really good game that night. They were all over us. And it's like a home game every time you play the Leafs in, uh, Once, yeah. at Buffalo. So, yeah, it was obviously a big save at the time early in the first period. And Matthews, I was more surprised he found that backdoor pass because I was waiting for him to come around and try to put it beside my ear or something like that or in a hole because he doesn't miss very often when he gets in tight. No, you're right about that. Uh, no question. Um, so that was number one. Uh, this one, this little group of uh, this little bit of uh, work that you did, Carter Hutton, extremely awesome, impressive. Uh, I think this was probably, at least for me, some of the best saves I ever saw you make. Here we go. Pencil against the wall, comes back to the point. Pass out of the reach of Kessel, and taken away by Rasmus Ristolainen, and then given away. Now Malkin cuts to the front of the net. Oh, what a move, couldn't get the shot. Carter Hutton again, robs Kessel in front. Malkin is going to walk out of the corner here one-on-one. -on -one. Tries going back through his legs and try to catch Carter Hutton. He stayed with it perfectly right there. Nice save. Then Gensel steps in, and he's trying to go high far side. And Carter Hutton makes the save once again. But look at that try right there. Gensel comes in, tries going the same spot. Carter Hutton shuts the door. Look at that 90s Devils-like defending there by the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a great <laughs> job. It really helped you out there on that one. Wrist aligning and all those beautiful tits there on the back end. No help whatsoever, and you bailed their asses out with two great saves there against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, Melkin, obviously, going between the legs. You can never expect those superstar players. But uh, I, I do remember that. It's, I, it looks a lot worse now seeing where the D-men are all standing in the forward there. It's supposed to be someone get in front of the net. But I always had a lot of success in Pittsburgh. That was always a place I played well. I, th yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if I lost a game in Pittsburgh, to be honest with you. I, I had two shutouts in Pittsburgh. I've had a lot of success there. It was just one of those rinks where I seemed to go into and just kind of flow with it. I remember we started a year there. I think we won one in overtime maybe. I gave up five or five or four. We won. Eichel scored the winner in overtime. Then I had a few shutouts. So it was just one of those rinks. I always found that certain teams or areas you just seem to have a better vibe with. And uh, it was always fun playing against there because in my whole career, Sidney Crosby never got one on me. So that was always something I was pretty proud of because I think Ovi got nine on me. So it was nice to know that Sid never got one. Yeah, you went uh, in nine uh, appearances with uh, against Pittsburgh. You went five and two with a 1.83 goals against and two shutouts. So, yeah, job well done for sure. Yeah, in in Pittsburgh because I know one game in Buffalo I got. That was just, that's by. just uh, cumulative. That's on. Uh, from yeah, yeah, yeah. So even Rams. if you, I know there was one in Buffalo I got whacked by him too. So it's like in Pittsburgh was just like my spot. I don't know why I yeah. just kind of played well. So it was always one of those fun things. Well, our last clip here is uh, very interesting um, because this was, and I'd probably believe this was maybe the it had to have been the only goalie fight that you were in <laughs> uh, in your career and it just happened to be against someone that is now the starting goaltender for alex's blackhawks mr peter morazic uh no. 2013 is when this uh took place so let me just uh cue it up here what are your memories of that actually before i roll it 
So it was my memories are it was uh cancer awareness night and the ice yep. is dyed pink and we have <laughs> pink jerseys on. It was actually on top of that, it was family weekend. So my mom and dad were there, and I believe my sister as well. And then I had uh, three or four buddies in the crowd too. So I uh I was an instant legend because Friday night we played Peoria and I gave up one and I was first star of the game, and then Saturday night this happens. <laughs> Uh, here's what uh, Carter is referring to uh, as uh, this. This was, uh, again, it uh, looks like, let me get the date here, January 19th, yep. uh, 2000. And, uh, Grand 13. Rapids, right? Uh, Grand Rapids and, and Rockford, uh, in Rockford. In Rockford, yeah. yeah. All right, so here it is. We'll hit the play button. We'll put it up on full on screen. Here, here we go. Play. Pizza's going to drop him. we got to find the new. Now we got to fight back in the Grand Rapids side. Now here we go. we got to have a goalie fight. Carter Hart's going to jump in. Here we go! Everybody's gonna go! Hunt's gonna trap him with Marazic! We got ourselves a all-out line brawl! Back at the blue line, Beach is still pounding a Griffin! Now going nuts! Back on Lash off. I believe it's Sean Malone! Hunt and Marazic! Now everybody coming off the bench! As Beach, here we go! We got a bench clear! At the BMO! There it is! This right is there. the way Don't... you do a list! Pretty crazy! <laughs> Pretty crazy! That yeah. was a... You were just, you guys were flailing right there, just throwing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he knew how to throw too many punches there. I think uh, picking on the young guy from Czech Republic, he hadn't been exposed to the junior, the Bush League junior league I played in, right? I, I had been in a few in junior, and I knew that uh, the main thing was making sure you threw punches no matter what. So it was actually a great, I remember the game pretty vividly. We were getting shit kicked. Grand Rapids ran my show when I played there. They had Tatar and Nyquist, and they used to just have yeah. a heyday on us. Um, and it was 6-2. We had been taking penalty after penalty after penalty. And I remember I just I was so mad at net. And then they put out their fighters. We put out our guys. A line ball broke out. And at that point, I was I was seeing red and went down. And because he tried Razak tried to jump in. Wade Brookbank, former NHLer, yeah. beautiful uh legend. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, yeah. he had a guy and the guy turtled right away. So Mrazik tried to like jump in. And at that point I was seeing oh. red and I went down and, and fed Mrazik his lunch. So it was uh, it was a good one, a good end one and oh on my career. And hey, and Mrazic those Rockford teams like that he's getting what gets what's coming to him. And that's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those Rockford teams that you keep in mind, obviously the Hawks dominating, you know, during the showtime dynasty and scoring goals left and right. Not necessarily the most physical team, but you guys at Rockford during that time, there were a lot of big bodies, a lot of tough, lot of tough customers, and you guys had a lot of different uh things. I, I remember I, I growing up now, I'm a Hawks fan, but I'm also a Chicago Wolves fan. I had tickets there for years. So I watched a lot of, uh, of you guys playing against the Wolves, and I remember those were some real nasty yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. Kind of re reminded me of some some good '90s style hockey when uh, whenever you, you guys uh, always came. Yeah, up we had uh, we had one in in Chicago. I was always a tough rink to play in. I remember they yeah. had Eddie Locke and that he was a really good goalie, and they had a lot of good players. And uh, I remember one time that it was Jim Vandermeer was playing there, and he ended up in our bench fighting Wade Brookbank. I don't know how the hell he ended up in our bench, <laughs> and they're teeing off these two heavyweights fighting. And then another time when I was in Rockford, Milwaukee, there was a brawl. Our coach loved it, Teddy Dent. He got, he told a player on our team, Rob Flick, to go down and mess with their goalie, who was uh, Jeremy Williams. And uh, he started chirping him. And then he turned around, punched him, started a brawl. Same thing. I skate in. I just jump in the pile. And then I didn't end up fighting, but I jumped in. And these were like numerous times. I remember Andrew Shaw left the bench one time to jump a yep. guy. He got like six games. We had a bunch of them. We were getting in shit all the time from the league because we were like that old school team. They're trying to get this new age hockey, but we weren't buying in.
Yeah. No, yeah I miss those stuff. days. And we don't <laughs> see it very often these days. And certainly the line brawls and certainly the goalie fights. And we've been robbed of goalie fights the last couple seasons in the NHL. We all wanted Flurry and Bennington. Fucking Zebras didn't want it, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last year. That was so unfortunate. But uh, there's been close calls, but haven't seen one of those in a long time. But, yeah, that's a great comment. Isex, one of our great viewers, Carter, in the chat. Oh, that's why Mrazek isn't starting tonight for the <laughs> Yeah, he's still recovering from the pounding that Carter Hutton inflicted on him. I actually wish ago. I still had it. My friends that were there came down because we had the family down after. And uh, my one buddy had the picture of the doctor's report from Mrazek because I broke his nose. And he was in the All-Star game. I was in the All-Star game. He was in the All-Star game like a week, 10 days later, and he had the double black eye and he had all the <laughs> lacerations. I wish it would have been a good one to have now that I could use for, you know, the commentary. But, uh, but yeah, it was yeah, always you really, you really whooped his ass. Though. I did. And not that I know how to fight <laughs> by any means. I'm not trying to act like I'm tough by any means. I just knew that he, I don't think he was protecting himself very well. And I was teeing yeah. off on him. And I remember this to this day because I ended up missing. We played the next day and they kept me out because my wrist was jammed up because I was too soft to fight. But I remember my agent calling me and being like, Hey, I heard about your fight. I saw it. Awesome. Made you have fun. And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. I like pumped up and then he just stops me and he goes, well, don't ever fucking do it again. He's like, do you want to be a goal in the NHL? I'll do that. If you want to be a fourth liner, I can train you in a fourth liner. Kind of like, and I ate my kind of humble pie at that moment, but it was good. The uh, agent giving funny. you the do's and don'ts <laughs> of how to conduct yourself as a goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things have to be handled in a certain way and, Yep. You damn well handled it that night, and uh, poor Peter Morozik was on the uh, receiving end of it. Uh, great stuff. Um, and now you're into your second career, post-hockey, uh, the media side. You're doing some guest stuff with NHL Radio, NHL Network Radio. You're filling in for our, our great buddy, Jay Rosehill, who's been on this show a couple of times on the Leaf Morning Take show. Uh, you're doing some other stuff. You're And by the way, uh, you can find Carter Hutton doing daily videos uh, for daily face-off called Starting Goalies and. Uh, conjunction with bet 365 which is one of my go-to sports books when it comes to betting nhl uh, and he's going to give you a daily side and total on one of the games and he's going to talk about it from a goalie standpoint specifically the goalie matchup uh, in that particular game so we uh, advise you definitely check that out uh on uh, the uh, daily face-off youtube channel but yeah carter talk about how you're enjoying and getting more comfortable with the uh next chapter of your career yeah, so I always uh, I always thought it was something that I had potential to do. Uh, I got offered a job with Nashville when I first retired. I just we wanted to live in Thunder Bay. This is where we wanted all our friends and family are. And when I played for the Preds after the ten minute timeout, they used to throw a headset on me on the bench and they'd interview me. It was uh, Terry Crisp and Pete Weber, a couple legends, right? So they would just throw me a few law balls, and as the play would go on, I would talk and I. I kind of built a rapport with the fan base. They liked it. Um, and then from there, I just always thought I could do it. I, I never felt nervous in front of the camera. I felt I was, you know, I could hold a conversation pretty well and I was witty and, and could use it to my advantage. And, and I retired and I just started dabbling with it. And now it's kind of snowballed into a little career here. I got a lot of different moving parts going on. I work for daily face off. I've been on sports a bunch. I'm going to TSN next month. So it's kind of been fun. Uh, I do the podcast Leafs morning take Nook Alberga kind of came buddies helped me out and I do uh serious XM with Steve Coolius. He's wired. I got to keep up with him. He's dropping stats and shit. Hockey. Oh, Steve yeah. Coolius. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, yeah. he's a beauty. So it's been fun. It's been a good dynamic. And I think being around people that have been involved with it so long, I'm trying to find my way, my voice, you know, the timing. And it's, it's fun because 
I do a podcast like this, a live show, but it's, it's relaxed, right? We're just three guys at a bar having a beer. Like that's the way you yep. approach it. And then sometimes when I'm on Sportsnet or if I'm doing like I've done the Kipper and Bourne show, I've done a few different shows, Jeff Merrick, where it's a little more professional. You're trying to manage that. So you gotta be buttoned the more, up there. Yeah. yeah. The more, the more reps I do, the more exposure. I've just really enjoyed it. And at the same time, like I follow hockey. Probably I probably follow it closer now because I'm doing this and I want to be relevant and understand, but I enjoy the game. Whether I'm doing this or not, I love hockey. I still want to be involved in it. So that's kind of how this started, and uh, it's a fun thing I can do. Yeah, nice. no doubt. That's why we're doing this show for six yeah. years, seven now, going on seven. We love yeah. Well, we love betting. We love trying to make money, but we love yeah. hockey. Yeah. Uh, and that's absolutely part of it. Like Alex and I, Carter, we've been in this business, sports betting, for 10 years full time, yeah. more than that. Actually, yeah, 11 years. Yeah, but I've been going on 12 years for me. So, yeah. yeah. And back when sports betting was nobody wanted to talk about it, I couldn't get a spot anywhere to talk a sport. No one wanted it. You know, no one gave two shits about sports betting until two, three years ago when it's legalization it, blowing up left and right still, across North America. Yep. It still blows my mind that we you know I'll get off oh, of this show and turn yeah. to turn to NHL network and they're talking about lines or talking about, you know, goal scoring props It's something I just never Every. in a million years would have, would have imagined, especially not only just, you know, a league embracing hockey, embracing bet, betting rather, but specifically with hockey, because if you talk to betters 10 years ago, they didn't even think about betting hockey. Now this is the time where people are getting ready for March Madness and basketball, getting ready for baseball in a, in a month and a half. Betting hockey didn't even seem like a thing to people who I'd known that have been gambling on football and basketball for 20, 30, 40 years and doing this for a living. So in the last 10, 15 years now, with the emergence of, uh, of betting being legalized and shows like ours and other shows that are on the internet, now you have people who they become fans of the game through betting. They would only bet on football, but now because they've made some money betting on hockey, now they're actual hockey fans. And that's the coolest thing that I ever get to hear from it. And, and same with the end. I know we, we hear it all the time where people say, yeah, you know, we started watching this just to make a few dollars. And now I'm a fan of the sport. I like this team. I like these players. And, and that's the coolest thing. It helped growing the game is something we want to do as hockey fans. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And it's one of those ones where, like you talk about the traditional games where, you know, everyone bets on football or March Madness. And that is the big draw, right? But right. I feel like for the NHL, if you can expose people to it, like I would always make that joke to people that haven't seen hockey, go see a game live. You see a game live, you see how intense it is, how fast things happen, the physicality. It's hard not to be a fan, right? If you like sports and... And it has more flow. Like, I love every other sport. But, like, when you watch a basketball game, it's just goal, like, basket after basket, right? You go to a football game, especially after watching football on TV your whole life, you realize how slow it is. And there's development into each play. Where hockey, man, it goes and it's tough. And you see what guys are doing. And even for me, my perspective of lots of nights when I would be on the bench watching, sometimes I would be like, man, how fast is this game? Like, I can barely understand how guys can make plays at – such speeds as you're on a skate. So it's, it's cool. And it's nice to see the game grow through betting and through, you know, just general knowledge of the game, right. Just getting some exposure to it. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, indeed. How much time have you got Carter? I just want to make sure I know. Uh, like 20 minutes. Is that All good? right. You know what we'll do? We'll go into the Wednesday games. We'll do the five Wednesday yeah. games. We'll do the recap at the end. I wanted to make sure we uh, get that, but by the way, this will, You'll, we'll have more time to really dive into games the next time Carter's on. Yeah, for sure. We're only sure. doing the Carter uh, Hutton life story once. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I hope not, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get into Wednesday's games, and then we'll do a brief recap of last night uh, after that. So we'll begin with Buffalo and Montreal, the first of five 
uh, Wednesday games here on the slate. Uh, we got Buffalo minus 150 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. This is a really interesting game because, like I've said all year, we've said this, uh, Carter, about the Sabres. You don't bet them off a win. They don't put wins together. But off a loss, sometimes you do get them playing well. And they had a tough one against Anaheim on Monday. They lose 4-3. They actually had chances. You know, they peppered John Gibson. Gibson was outstanding. He really was Gibson's finest uh, on Monday for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. He was terrific in that game. They're looking to bounce back. And the dad's trip, this is, by the way, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And I'm always a little leery of betting against a team when the dads are, or moms, for that matter, are with them on the trip. But minus 150. Uh, on the road with the Sabres. I mean, just not the value I really love. Uh, Montreal on the flip side, we know they've been up and down. But actually, despite the fact that, you know, this Montreal team for the longest time, they've had a couple of key forwards out. They've still been able to manage to play largely competitive hockey. Like I said, they've been up and down as well. They're coming off a 4-3 loss to the uh, Capitals following a 7-4 loss to the Rangers. So they've dropped two in a row. Montreal's actually taken three of the last four meetings between these two teams. Uh, Montreal won in Buffalo, but Buffalo won in Montreal uh, on January 4th, 6-1. I lean Sabres, don't love it, lean draw, because I do think it'll be a close game. And we're we're the kings of the draw bet here on this show, Carter. We've draw hit Island, so draw many Island. plus 350, <laughs> plus 400 bets uh, with the Islanders, draw Island, we call them. The New York Islanders, one of the league leaders in overtime games. The Leafs take Toronto Maple draws, we call them, because they've gone to overtime so much. This one feels like it could be a draw. Like I said, I lean Buffalo. I just don't like the price, minus 150 here. Alex, what do you think? Sabres, Canadians. Yeah, no, perfect setup. I, I bet the draw in this game. You look at the the series history, two of the last four meetings have gone past regulation with these two teams. And, and you look at, like I said, Buffalo, I mean, this has been consistently inconsistent all year, right? They go through these wins and losses. They look like they could be world beaters one night, and then all of a sudden they're like, they're a lottery team the next. So they're, they're trying to find their balance where the Habs have just kind of struggled. They're falling into that place where we thought they would at this point in the year, right? They're, they're not that good of a team. They're, you know, trending probably, probably going to be with them or, or Ottawa as one of the, the worst team in the Atlantic. Uh, and you see them giving up seven goals to the Rangers, four goals to Washington. They probably want to try to tighten things up a little bit more, and they can do that against Buffalo because Buffalo's not just pressing everybody and running everyone out off off the rink right now. So uh, the draw looks like a great play play for me, and that's the only thing I have in pocket as of right now. Yeah, I don't mind that play either. The draw here, obviously, <clears throat> I think Montembeau gets to go here tonight, and he gave up seven yeah. in his last start, right? And obviously, that's not very good hockey. That sounds like me in Arizona, but I think for him, just getting a chance to bounce back here, he had one other time this season. I, I find here he gave up eight, and he bounced back and played really well. Stopped 40, 43 or forty six the next game. So this is a good chance for him to get back on the slate. And I don't have a confirmed starter in net for Buffalo. The way I Luke view it, and uh, projected, not projected, confirmed. right? Projected, so, not confirmed, yeah. Just sometimes with these family trips, they like to give both goalies a show, right? So for me, yeah. the fact of if Comrie gets a start, or I don't think I think Levi's out right now, um, yeah. you know, that would be a chance to maybe take Montreal because of I I just don't think he has good of a goalie and maybe a bounce back here. So that'd be something I can watch and see as the game gets closer. But I do think the Sabres bounce back, especially with the family trips. I I think history, you know, having parents on the road, they seem to play pretty well together. Yeah, that's that. That's my fear here. Is yeah. that, and by the way, the dads were with them in Buffalo on Monday when they played that early game against Anaheim, and they lost that one. They're not going to want to lose two in a row with Pops in, in, in the building. So, you know, you would expect the Sabres to uh, want to play a good game tonight. There are some props I like, as you know, Carter, with the emails you see from me. I'm never shy about player props. I bet a ton every night. Uri Slavkovsky, we have talked about him for the longest time. He's been plus 300 or better. 
Now they've adjusted the price because he's been in a great offensive uh, surge lately, but still you can get plus 260 for him to score a goal tonight. Uri Slavkovsky for Montreal. I think for the Sabres, look, I'm starting to buy into what I'm seeing out of Jordan Greenway. He had two goals in the route against L.A. He scored against Anaheim. He's up on the top six right now. You get great value with Jordan Greenway right now for Buffalo, plus 340 to score a goal tonight. Why not? You know, he's starting to pick it up right now for the uh, Sabres. J.J. Paterka, Turka, Turka. We've talked about him all season. Uh, you know, he's always maybe worth a look. And here's another name, Zach Benson, who's suddenly, you know, the last couple of games been doing some damage. I think he scored the last game as well for the Sabres, plus 400. So you got some pretty good value there as far as some player prop looks uh, in this game. All right, next up, uh, Philly and Chicago. Uh, Buffalo was affiliated with Hutton. Uh, Philly and Chicago are affiliated with Carter Hutton. We were talking about this yesterday. It's almost like it's uh, meant to be that all these Wednesday games, one of these te- all these teams for the most part affiliated with Carter Hutton at one point or another uh, in the uh, past. But you've got uh, Philly and Montreal or Philly and Chicago here. Uh, Philly, uh, minus 240 road favorites, uh, five and a half being the uh, total in this game. I'm not going to overthink this or overcomplicate it. Uh, as soon as I saw Arvid Soderblom in net, we're going to look at Flyers team total. As simple as that. Uh, I think if you're Philadelphia, even in Chicago, where we've talked about how Chicago has been a little more competitive at home. You know, they've played teams tough at the United Center this year. But if you're the Flyers, you come into this game off a very Unfort, you know, disappointing result in the stadium series game on Saturday night, losing 6-3 to New Jersey. And that was on the heels of a tough 4-3 overtime loss to Toronto. So now you've lost two in a row. You're trying to hang in there with that third spot and a playoff position in the Metro division. These are the games you got to take care of business, especially a Chicago team that with Soderblom in net, you know, don't really trust them to keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, his numbers this season, not that great. Samuel Erson by the way, is projected for the Flyers, but not confirmed yet. Soderblom, yeah, how's this for a gaudy record? 2-16 and 16, uh, this season. Uh, 4.01 goals against average, 8.73 save percentage. So pretty straightforward bet for me. Not, I mean, I don't want money line or regulation. Um, it's too pricey on that element, that side of it for Philly. But give me that over 3.5 at a nice, cheap minus 110 at Pinnacle. Flyers team total, over 3.5, minus 110. I like that one. Alex, what do you think? Flyers, Blackhawks. Yeah, as soon as I heard Soderblom was starting, that was my initial reaction to his Flyers team total over three and a half. Like I said, to see it at $1.10, I saw it move to 115 still a great price uh, worth betting. I also will be looking at over six and first period over one and a half, but I want to get those adjusted in game, trying to get plus prices on that one and a half in the first, uh, that six, hopefully get a plus at, or even lay a low price with a five and a half for that full game over. The card yeah, I, I want to ask you about, uh, Arvid Soderblom. Now I'm a Hawks fan, and I've you know watched this team for a while, and I- I've seen a lot of guys come and go, uh, including yourself. And Arvid Soderblom certainly has not been one of the best Hawks goaltenders in, in my eyes, and he's probably been one of the worst I've seen wearing a Hawks uniform in, in 34 years. That being said, what are your thoughts on on, on Soderblom? Obviously, the record is, is 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 indicative of a bad team, but I see a lot of flaws in his game, a lot of things. So talk about that. Yeah, just leaky for me, just like bad feet. You know, it's one of those things where he has size, but he doesn't move his feet very well. And I I always found the biggest divider for me if you want to be an NHL goalie. And a good comparative is you look at our good friend we touched on earlier, Peter Mrazek. 
has had a great year for them as well. So yeah. it, this isn't like where you're saying both goalies have been shitty and they're dealing with a bad no. team. If one guy's having this success and one guy's been this bad, obviously there's some sort of proof in the pudding. So for me, it's his feet work, a bigger guy. He doesn't manage the crease very well. He's a little bit sloppy. And I think it gets him in trouble, especially with a team that gives up a lot of chances, right? There's going to be some high quality chances. He's fallen on his butt a lot. His hands get behind him. And I think that's a big problem when I see that's a glaring problem when I look at watch his game. You know what this reminds me of, guys? Last time we all really liked Flyers team total over. It was just a week ago. They played Arizona. Vimalka is struggling mightily right now. And the Flyers lit him up, scored five goals, beat the Coyotes 5-3 that night. That's what this feels like to me. A little outburst for yeah. the Flyer offense tonight uh, against a struggling netminder uh, in uh, Arvid uh, Soderblom here for the uh, Blackhawks tonight in this game. All right, next up we go to the uh, desert. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Leafs minus 185, road favorite, six and a half the total. From a betting standpoint, this is my favorite game of the night. There is, there's like 10 bets I've got on this game alone. No shit, no joke, not 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 lying. 10 bets, sides, totals, player props, you name it. We like a lot of different things. Now, the last two games with Arizona involved against Colorado on Sunday, Edmonton on Monday, we've hit the over trifecta with Arizona. And what that is, Carter, is first period, both teams to score at a plus price. First period over and full game over. We've swept it with Arizona, two straight games against Colorado and Edmonton. The first period, both teams cashed. First period over cashed. The full game over cashed. I'm going right back to the well tonight. Leafs and Coyotes. First period, both teams to score. First period over. Full game over. Give me all those Leaf players that are going back to Arizona. Nice to score a goal. He's an Arizona kid. Uh, goal assist, maybe even a, over one and a half points if you really want to get, uh, you know, greedy and go for like a plus 750 on that austin matthews to get a goal is feels like it's going to happen right back home in arizona number 50 maybe even sprinkle on the hat trick even for austin matthews tonight i could see it arizona can't keep the puck out of the net doesn't matter if it's volalta vimalka or um um who's the other one even ingram Ingram, has lately or hutton you know it doesn't matter who they put in right now they're struggling. The defense is in tough right now for this Coyotes team. Uh, it's been absolutely rough to see. Uh, there's no reason I think the Leafs can't do significant damage. That being said, you know, Arizona can still chip in offense. I know Ilya Samsonov has been confirmed in net tonight. He's been really good lately. But, you know, and they've been terrific without Morgan Riley. This suspension hasn't mattered to Tinker's Dam for the Leafs. They've, they've clearly, they're playing hard without Riley in the lineup. They've mentioned that. We're playing for Mo trying to, you know, do the best we can without him. And they played well, and Samsonov's played well. But I get the sense with Vegas tomorrow night, a big game against the Golden Knights, much, you know, tougher opponent. This could be one of those we slough off defensively spots a little bit for the Leafs in this game. So, yeah, overs galore, first period, both teams first to score, first period over, full game over. And a lot of those props, Nice Matthews, Bobby McMahon. We cashed Bobby fucking McMahon plus 500 against St. Louis, and he scored an empty net goal. He's got value like crazy right now with his goal prop. You can get another incredible price with Bobby McMahon tonight for uh, Toronto. He's plus, what is it, 440? Are you shitting me? This guy is scoring right now for the Leafs. And Sheldon Keefe's put him up the lineup as well into a top six role. So that's an incredible value right there. And then there's some for Arizona I like. But first, Alex, what do you think? Toronto, Arizona. So I like the both teams to score in the first period. I like that first period over one and a half. I'll lay a little bit on the dollar forty-four I'm seeing at FanDuel, and I'll add a little bit more in game. But I don't really like the full game over as much right now at six and a half. Like I said, Arizona's kind of scaring me a little bit, and this could be one of those games where Toronto just 
you know, keeps the foot on the gas the whole way through. It makes it a blowout. So I can only lay a dollar twenty-eight with it. That's fine. Three over three and a half with Maple Leafs team total. I'll add that in as well. And I do like a player prop. I'll talk about it a little later. Uh, like I said you mentioned the goals galore, so there's something I have circled as uh, my bargain for tonight. All right, yeah. what do you think here? I, I like your take on it too, right? I think Vamelka's been struggling. He has been the same guy. Like the year I was with him, the year after he was great. I've watched him a lot this year, and he's been fighting. And for the biggest thing I've noticed is someone struggling like this, it doesn't just change overnight, right? There needs to be a dramatic shift or some a, a dramatic time off or something happens. So I think the Leafs pound him tonight. I'm not sold on Samson off yet. I think he's played really well. He's been. I just think these more games he's played, he hasn't been great. I think this is a game like touched on that gets looked past a bit. So I do like the over. Again, I just think what team for Arizona shows up, right? Like like Alex touched on, right? It can be scary where this game this game is over right from puck drop, right? Where you might get like a 4-1 win or 5-1 win, right? So it'll be interesting to see what happens here tonight. But I agree, Vimelka's been struggling, and I think the over team total Leafs, it's going to be – I think it might be a goal fest here. Maybe the boys went out last night, so they just want to score and they don't want to play defense. Yeah, which I always say, like Eddie Lack and Jason Demers and other guys we've had on this show – I've talked about the trip into Arizona. Sometimes you're you've been out somewhere and you've been doing some uh, extracurriculars away from playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Performance of times when you go to the desert, but yeah, goals galore is what I think we'll see in this game. And um, you know, as a lot of good Toronto props, even for Arizona, you know, there's a couple of props that stand out. I would look maybe to uh, Alex Kerfoot. You got to look at Alex Kerfoot, right? There's that former player angle, right? We, this is another thing, Carter. We talk about in terms of a betting theme. A betting angle, former player uh, facing his old team. And here's Kerfoot with Arizona now facing the Leafs, team he used to be with. That could be worth a look as far as a player prop on the Arizona side tonight uh, in this uh, matchup. All right, this is probably the game, not probably, probably it is the game of the night. Boston-Edmonton. We've got the uh, Oilers, uh, minus 135 uh, home favorites. The total in this one is uh, six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. You've got Boston going on the road. They did not have a good homestand, although they did salvage the final game of that homestand uh, versus the uh, Dallas Stars, although they were outplayed, Carter, in that game. I mean, if anyone watched it, uh, Dallas was the better team, and Swayman had an outstanding game in net. Uh, Stars deserved the two points, didn't get it. Boston's not a team I'm rushing to bet right now. They're going on the road. They're facing a rolling Edmonton team, you know, that's beat Dallas on the weekend. In Dallas, uh, did not have a letdown. Well, it looked a little shaky at one point, but we all jumped in, Carter, live in our group chat on Edmonton in regulation and Edmonton money line when it was 3-2 Arizona going into the third period. And sure enough, four unanswered goals and Edmonton wins 6-3 uh, against Arizona on Monday. So this game, I've I, the price is not the greatest, but I could only look at Edmonton here. I just think their form is at a different level right now. We've got Boston on the road where they enter this game as a uh, road record's actually not that bad, 15 uh, and 11. Uh, but I think when I look at this spot here, the Bruins um, not loving their current form at the moment. Edmonton's obviously been, yeah, and what's the record now? Something like 22 and four, 23 and four under Chris Knobloch, the head coach, incredible run. So it's not one of my favorite looks on the board tonight, but we'll give a little lean to Edmonton here in some form, minus 135 in this one. The total I don't really love either way. I know Edmonton's kind of regressed defensively. Ron, maybe the first period over, first period both teams to score. I think earlier in the game, more likely to see goals than later in the game. It could slow down as the game goes on. Alex, what do you think here? Bruins, Oilers. 
I grabbed it over six this morning at a dollar twenty. I like the first period over one and a half. I laid a dollar thirty with that. I think we see goals, like I said, early in the first couple of periods. Uh, so I would maybe sprinkle a little bit on first period both teams to score and second period both teams to score. But then I think we can see things kind of taper down, and that leads to me having the draw play. I grabbed plus three twenty uh, for this game to go past regulation. So I think this is going to be a fun contest. Obviously, a lot of the, you know, the media is hyping this up more than anything else. This is a, a Stanley Cup preview. I, I said last night on the Patreon podcast, I don't think this is a Stanley Cup preview at all. I can see both these teams getting knocked out in the first or second round. But I think this is going to be a good game, and it's going to have that kind of up-and-down playoff feel early, and then it's going to tighten up late. So first period over, one and a half. Uh, if you can still find the six, grab it. Otherwise, try to wait and grab one in game or lay a dollar thirty with five and a half. And then uh, I like to draw a plus three twenty. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Go on, Ian. Sorry, I was just going to say Skinner. Stewart Skinner yeah. is confirmed in net for Edmonton. It's looking like right now Allmark uh, projected, but not confirmed yet for Boston. Nugent Hopkins day to day for the Oilers. Jakob Lauko day to day, and Hampus Lindholm out for Boston. Allmark yeah, is Carter confirmed. Gordon. I'm seeing. Is it confirmed? Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. So this is the game I did today. Bet three six five. Um, I took this game because I felt like there was no other game to do because this is the big dogs, right? I feel like this is a big matchup. This is Connor McDavid, you know, at home. This is his chance to make a statement. So I love the Oilers tonight. I think there's no way they lose this game, but at the same time, Boston might come out firing. I'd like the first period over because I found in a lot of games, Edmonton at home starts slow. They start slow. They give up a lot of good chances. Even you think of that Leafs game where they got scored on right away. There was two or three chances. Bertuzzi hit the post. Again, this was one of those big magnitude games at home for Edmonton against an Eastern Conference opponent. But at the same time, I think Boston's been giving up a lot lately. Their goalies, they've given up. They won in a shootout, gave up three. Allmark gave up four and is five in a shootout, lost in a shootout. So I think this is a game where Edmonton can take advantage. Again, the over at 6.5, I took the under tonight. I also think that this possibly could go over. This might be one you want to wait and see how the first period starts because it might start slower in the sense of maybe it's a little bit tighter. These teams are trying to play a different style of hockey now. Maybe maybe the over comes into play once the game gets started here a bit more live. It's an interesting thing to throw out there. The last three head-to-head meetings with the Bruins and the Oilers, three, two final scores stayed under all three games. But two of those three games did go over in the first period where you saw a 1-1 or a 2-0 or a 2-1 first period. Then it slowed down after that. Well, I just think Edmonton's trying to find this new mentality of win by committee, right? Not just counting on Dreisaitl and McDavid to be wide open hockey, right? They're trying to play the right way. So I, I just think the under looks good here tonight. And and I'm a big fan of Linus Allmark. He, he's a really good goalie. And I think this is like your a teammate, player. your battery mate in Buffalo. Yeah, and he's a guy that just doesn't get wavered by situations. He almost has this like just draws off his back. Nothing seems to phase him. And even when we were playing together and he was younger, he would go into tough arenas. I remember playing in Boston. He used to always play really well against tough teams. So this is somewhere I could see him playing really well. And, and Stuart Skinner, you know, he's been lights out since they uh, changed coaches. Yeah, no doubt. He's regressed a little bit, but he still had a great run overall yeah. right, for the last you know month or so. There's no question uh, what he's been able to do for this team. And you look at the Bruins, by the way, coming into this game. I'm just doing the uh, quick uh, look at it. I think two straight for them have gone over in the first period. Uh, three straight. Uh, the Seattle game did as well last week. So keep that in mind. So it's three straight first period overs. for Bo- That's why, and exactly what I said earlier, I think if you like overs, the first period overs better than the full game over for me at least in this game. You're right. Uh, keep an eye on this situation. We've been rocking Corey Perry, Scory Perry, 
Carter Hutton. Uh, they like play it, off like of it, him like lately. Uh, he's been on the top line with Dreisaitl and McDavid, but it looks like there might be a change tonight from Knobloch. People in the chat, and I'm seeing it too, we might see Warren Fogle up on the top line tonight for Edmonton. And these are the situations we love with goal scorer props, Carter. The players moving up to the first line or the second line, the price never reflects it with their prop to score a goal. Plus 430, that shouldn't happen for a guy on the top line, but it is for Warren Fogle tonight for the Edmonton. So you got to bet it. Plus yeah. 430. Doesn't Warren, mean he's going to score, but you got to bet it at that price for a guy on the oh, top for line. Sure. It's crazy it doesn't adjust, right? That's a great buy, right? Because Warren, yeah. you know, you think about playing with those guys, you just get open in front of the net, they might bank one off you. They're so talented. So it's it's a good buy for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And uh Perry down to the third line. You're right. Maybe Brazo, who scored his first NHL goal for the Bruins, lightning in a bottle that he does it again tonight. Justin Brazo uh for them, plus seven fifty. My goodness. I mean, if you have faith that he can score in back-to-back games, there you go. It's a tantalizing price. Uh, that is for sure uh, for Brazo tonight for the uh, Bruins. All right, the final game of this uh, Wednesday night slate, Columbus Blue Jackets, who really let me down last night, Carter, big time, because I thought situationally with L.A. off the long road trip, that was a good spot. But when you're kind of a bad team, you don't always take advantage of those situations, and Columbus didn't. L.A. still got the job done. They are even money tonight, minus 110. Uh, against the Anaheim Ducks, who are also coming back off a long road trip. So the Malinsky special, which did not come through last night with Columbus fading an L.A. team off a four-game or longer road trip, that angle says fade Anaheim tonight and take Columbus again. But I think I've had my fill of Columbus after last night. I think I'm just going to pass on the side. I don't trust either team defensively in this spot, really, when you look at it. I mean, you got a tired Jackets team back-to-back on the road. Uh, you've got an Anaheim team coming home off a very long road trip. It looks like Daniil Tarasov. And look, Carter Hutton, the great thing he does with the Bet365 videos is he looks at it from a goalie standpoint. He really analyzes the goalies. What's your thoughts on Tarasov? Because I think he's going to start for Columbus. I think he's a fucking mess right now yeah. for Columbus. Yeah, I don't think his game is together right now. I He showed flashes of brilliance, and I see the skill set. He kind of gives me Elvis Merlukens. He has all the tools but no toolbox yet. I used to touch on this a lot with Mackenzie Blackwood. Thunder Bay goalie, and he's so skilled. I would get on the rink with him, and he was so much more talented than I. Same thing as like I would say with Tarasov, my skill set, but I could think the game. I would let it come to me. The net's not going anywhere. Where Sometimes these kids are so athletic, they don't know how to reel themselves in. So then when they are struggling, you start doing too much stuff, right? You're all over the map. And the game, the, the problem for me with this game, I, I, I know he's struggling. I like the over. I just, in the sense of the fact that Anaheim's coming back from a long road trip, right? They've just been on the road. They fly home. These are those games where John Gibson was bad against Toronto, right? Got lit up and they came into Buffalo, played really well. Is there that like a bit of security where they come out and lay an egg here tonight? That's like my concern with this game. So I, I don't mind Columbus, but just it's, it's a tough game all around. It's kind of like the American league here. These guys, it's been a, it's been a tough year for both these organizations. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, that is exactly what I'm looking at. I'm eyeing probably a similar trifecta, over trifecta to the Toronto-Arizona game here in this one. First period, both teams to score. First period over, full game over. Uh, Gibson is in net. He was phenomenal uh, against Buffalo. Don't get me wrong. That was a terrific performance. He's the reason they won because they got outshot 37-14 by the Sabres in that game. But we'll see if he can do it here. Like I said, I don't think the defense will be sharp in front of him when you're coming off the long roadie like that. That was a four-game road trip through the Eastern time zone facing Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and Buffalo. So I think it does set up for some goals tonight with this Blue And by the way, three straight games have gone over the total head-to-head in Anaheim between the Blue Jackets and the Ducks. So uh, we'll ride that here with the uh, over in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Columbus, Anaheim. 
Yeah, above all, I love this first period over the most. 13 and 4 the last 17 meetings. And then when you break it down, it seemed about eight or nine of those. We've seen uh, goals from both teams in that first period. So I'm also on both teams to score plus 152 with that price, laying a dollar 40 at FanDuel with that over one and a half. It's two goaltenders and two defenses you can't trust right now. So I do expect goals early. Six and a half, I, I, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that. I just don't feel that comfortable because also at the same time, I don't trust these offenses to really consistently, uh, you know, put up a bunch of goals, even against the weaker defenses. I think we see the goals come early, but we could see this maybe slow down a little bit late. Not necessarily crazy about draw season here either. We know how Columbus, if they're the team to give up goals late, it's going to be the Blue Jackets. They have the worst goal differential still in the third period. So just staying with the first period total over one and a half and both teams to score at plus 152. All right, good stuff indeed. And uh, for props in this game, this is not a bad game to look at props in a game. You know, we're projecting to see some offense and some goals. Ryan Strom's been heating up lately. Uh, Frank the Tank Petrano, yes, is starting to really heat up again. Streaky guy, red hot to start the year, went into a cold spell. Petrano's got four goals in the last three games, six points in the last three games for the Anaheim Ducks. So Frank Petrano is probably an excellent look tonight for goal, assist, point prop maybe even over one and a half points because he's got six in the last three games for Anaheim Columbus I would stick to the Russians and maybe Boone Jenner because the captain Boone Jenner's really picked it up lately but the Russians Shinikov Baronkov Marchenko uh, they have been very good for uh, Columbus no question about that Carter we know uh, you're short on time so what we will do is we'll wrap up the show after uh, we let you go but before we let you go we want to say great job outstanding yeah. we got to do this again hopefully sooner rather than later before we let you go though uh you can say pass if you don't have anything uh in this uh, department but what we do is a bargain bin special of the night which is a prop of plus 300 or better okay that's what we call it. and by the way carter no joke here either this is not me making shit up i hit my bargain bin special of the night player prop last night cody glass cody glass repair cody glass replace for the Nashville Predators, plus four, 550, and he scored against Vegas uh, last night. So that was great to see. Have you got one in mind, Carter, a bargain bin special for tonight? I'm pulling up this goal scorer right here. Uh, for plus 300, I, I wanted to touch on this Toronto game here. I'm trying to find the line here. But I wanted – what's Nick Robertson at? I like his line tonight. I think he'll fit the bill. He'll fit the criteria. Let me look at He's the guy I like. I think he's knocking on the door. He's at a point in his career where it's kind of, you see Bobby McMahon kind of taking his role. He might get a chance here tonight. And I feel like playing against an Arizona team with a little smaller size, it's a little more open game, I think suits his style of play. Plus 470 at FanDuel for Nick Robertson. So So that's my guy. Just think if he gets a chance tonight, I think he finishes one. There you go. Bargain bin special of the night. The first ever bargain bin special of the night for Carter Hutton on the Ice Guys show. There it is. Nick Robertson, Toronto, Maple Leafs, plus 470. And last but not least, Carter, best bet for the Wednesday night card. What do you like? Ooh, best bet tonight. I think we got to take the Toronto Maple Leafs minus one and a half in regulation. Any which way we can hit a team total over because I think they're going to pound this Arizona Coyotes team, especially the way Vimalka's playing. All right, we'll give you the puck line. Uh, there you go, Toronto Maple Leafs. You're right. The fact that there's so many Arizona kids, Nyes and Matthews going back to Arizona to play the Coyote, maybe they won't have a letdown tonight. Maybe they'll keep rolling like they've been here these last few games. So Toronto minus one and a half, plus 140 uh, on the puck line for Carter Hutton with best bet. Carter, it's been a blast. We'll have to yeah. do this again later yeah. in the season, at least a couple of times. Thanks for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, my friend. Awesome stuff. 
Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I look forward to being back on. I might, I'll might i be paying attention to those emails trying to get my bets in. Uh, <laughs> we'll do the best we can to help you out with that. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome stuff, my friend. Take care. Yeah, see, you. see you, guys. See ya. There he is, Carter Hutton on the uh, Ice Guys show. Like I said, better late than never. Yeah. He had to reschedule, but uh, back with us here uh, on this uh, Wednesday edition. And uh, you can tell that guy's made for media. You know, oh, yeah. very well spoken. This guy's got energy yeah. in his voice, charisma. He's not dull or boring to listen to. He doesn't put you to sleep. That's half the battle right there. Uh, yeah. So hopefully he has a great run in the media world, Alex, because I think he's ready for it. He looks ready for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it was wonderful. It was great to talk with him. Yeah, we'll definitely have to set, a, set up another time to chat more, get, get pick his brain more about some of the goaltenders and different things as well. So it's really cool. Always great to get player insight, uh, of course, when we always have players on. But, you know, we don't have that many goalies on too often. So every time we get to talk to a goalie and kind of, you know, just uh, see the setup and, and, and hear the kind of inner workings of that position is always fun. Uh, real deal prime you're a saber fan like me i am growing up i get it he's a former saber what did you expect he's a former saber flyer blackhawk predator blues he had the, uh, he got a ring with the hawks though he did the hawks so yeah exactly i mean it's it's not like he only played for the sabers but i get what you're saying you got to prop the sabers up whenever uh, you get that chance no doubt uh shout out to everyone in the chat hit the like button and by the way because we had carter on we didn't get a chance to say it earlier um it wasn't the most profitable bet cast last night, but it was fun uh, and it was enjoyable. Uh, no question about it. We enjoyed that bet cast uh, last night. Uh, just the camaraderie with everybody. Uh, always fun. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Oh, yeah. We got a, just a quick recap of last night. Florida, not pretty, but they beat Ottawa 3-2. Dallas, another game where I thought they outplayed the opponent, just like they did the Bruins and could not get a win. Shesterkin was phenomenal. Uh, basically stole the two points for the New York Rangers, a 3-1 Ranger win there. Uh, the Penguins' power play continues to shit the bed and cost them points, valuable points. Great job to tie it up and get a point, but uh, they can't get it done. 5-4 in overtime, Islanders. Very disheartening to see New Jersey play like that against Washington. Team trying to get on a run. They get uh, pounded by the Caps, 6-2. Jets bounce back, 6-3 against Minnesota. Kind of a good spot to fade Minnesota after that incredible game against Vancouver where they exploded in the third Colorado three, one against Vancouver. That game hurt. It was low score, lower scoring than certainly most of us expected, but the abs get a nice three, one win there against the uh, Canucks five, three Nashville uh, against Vegas as uh, Vegas, a little bit of an up and down uh, spurt lately, including Aiden Hill. And then yeah, disappointing Columbus a phenomenal spot to, you know, go against an LA team, take advantage of an LA team off the road trip, but just not good enough. Columbus to get it done. They fall 5-1 and Pierre-Luc Dubois does what he does. He scores against his old teams and that's about it. He doesn't score half the time against anyone else, but he had a good night. We'll give him that against uh, one of his two former teams, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on the uh, BetCast and last night's games? I mean, BetCast was was fun. We Like I said, we didn't, you know, we hit well. I mean, I, I did all right, but a lot of that was predicated on, of course, the uh, plays we had during the Daily Show. Uh, my bargain bin winner cashing in as well with Miro Heiskanen plus 500, uh, you know, getting that draw with the comeback on the, on the Penguins. And then everybody was, you know, kind of saying, well, this Penguins team just floating around doing a bunch of nothing. And they were. They looked lifeless for the majority of the contest, but so did the Islanders. Now, they were not taking advantage of a uh, a deflated team at home, and, and, and they let them in the game. And sure enough, Pens come back, score two goals quickly, and force OT. So draw season uh, at work once again. So it was a, a good night with that. And the Heisken and uh, goal prop 
lost a couple of things and won a couple of things. So everything else kind of washed out. But uh, but another fun time on the BetCast. And if you've been watching these Patreon-only BetCasts, the last two uh, ones that we've had over this this seven-day span, six-day span, 5-0 and combined with the bargain bin props. We had the 3-0 sweep on Thursday. Ian cashed his. Matt also liked uh, Miro Heiskin. So we went 2-0 and yesterday. So, I mean, if you're not signed up to Patreon right now, you're, you're missing out on not only just the, the bonus content we have, but you're missing out on some, on some key winners as well. And we're adding on to that with these extra bet casts. And like I said, sharpening the sword, getting more reps to get ready for the live bet cast that will be coming certainly as we get into the playoffs uh, just in about a month and a half from now. Absolutely. It's a great segue into the fact that, yes, patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 per month, Patreon exclusive live bet casts. We will have at least one, perhaps two in March coming up. Uh, so look forward to that. And again, daily sides, totals, and player props from me, Alex, and any of our guests. We've got, of course, bonus videos uh, that we've, we've recorded already during the break. We're going to do a Q&A before the end of the month. We've got goalie charts, totals charts, and more. The Chris Otto totals charts at this time of the year are so incredibly valuable uh, for betting totals live uh, in-game. And we saw that on display last night with the BetCast. So, again, all of that is there to help make you a profitable NHL better. Patreon.com slash IceGuys, just $10 per month. And, again, your subscription fee goes a long way to keeping this show rolling long-term. Patreon.com. Sign up uh, for just $10 a month for all that exclusive content and of course check out the ice guys store as well iceguys.myspreadshop.com yeah we got all of our hoodies all of our t-shirts caps will be fully stocked uh, by the end of the week but we've got a whole bunch of different things all the draw season gear the classic logo gear the Tylender draw season merch all available right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com absolutely no doubt and last but not least betcast next tuesday february 27th 7 p.m eastern this one is free for all uh, open to everybody, the entire public that views this show. This is not behind the Patreon uh, membership or subscription. This is going to be a free-for-all betcast next Tuesday, February 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, DM or email me or Alex for a spot on the betcast, uh, and we will send you the link for the betcast before it begins. So, again, next Tuesday, February 27th. And, again, it's a great slate of NHL games next Tuesday night, including Dallas, Colorado, that big showdown. So, uh, we're looking forward to it, uh, and again, everyone is able to join us for that one next Tuesday, February 27th, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, our next Ice Guys Live BetCast. All right, we will get to Bargain Bin Special of the Night and Best Bets from Alex and I uh, coming up in just a moment. But first, we will hear from our great sponsors at Boston Hemp. <laughs> Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. And again, go to the website. You'll get 20% off all your orders using the promo code ICEGUYS over at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. You heard from our guest, Carter Hutton, moments ago. 
Uh, he gave out Nick Robertson uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, plus 475 uh, bargain bin uh, for this Wednesday slate. I cast with Cody Glass last night for Nashville. We'll see if we can duplicate that. Alex, you had Miro Haskinen uh, last night. You cashed that bargain bin as well at a great price, plus 500 or north of that in some spots as well. Uh, what have you got for an encore tonight for bargain bin special? Yeah, I'm heading out to the desert as well. We're talking about the homecoming for Matthew Nyes, but also Austin Matthews. And Austin Matthews, he's been in Arizona many times before. He's done fairly well. I expect him to have not one but two goals. Maybe have more than that, but I'm just going to stay with the two or more prop. Go plus 490 available at FanDuel. So that is Austin Matthews to score two or more goals tonight for the Maple Leafs back home in Arizona against the Yotes. That's my bargain bin special for tonight. And normally you think, wow, I mean, you're going with two plus goals for a guy to score a goal. It's not a fucking reach with that guy this year, Austin Matthews. He scores in bunches. A lot of times, Alex, it's true. He scores one goal in a game for the Leafs. He's going to get you two, maybe even three in that same game. That He's done it. He's been a the, bunch goal scorer this year. The mark of a true goal yep. scorer in this league, no matter the error, is that they're bloodthirsty. They score one, they want two. They get two, they want three. And you need to have that, and he's got that kind of killer instinct in yeah, back home, Ma and Pa Matthews will be there. I'm sure of it. Uh, so yeah, he's going to get number. I'd be shocked if he goes goalless tonight, especially with Arizona just hemorrhaging goals left and right lately. That uh, I'm sure he's going to get number 50 tonight uh, against the uh, Coyotes uh, in this game. And like I said, probably a good chance for two plus. So I like Cuban, that Cuban pointed it out too. Yeah, with with two with two goals, Austin Matthews will be at 350 for his career. There you go. Yeah, it's worth a lot. I think the hat trick, go one step further. I'm, I've already sprinkled on the hat trick tonight. Well. I have a little hat trick too, but but yeah, for, for bargaining purposes and keep it, you know, you're asking a hat trick, let's that's a lot. Let's get two goals. Yeah, let's not get let's greedy. Get I get it. Let's not get greedy. Yeah, I get Can't it. Can't get yeah, three without two. So hundred percent, <laughs> but I like it. Two goals or more. Uh, north of plus 400 for uh, Alex B. Smith there with his bargain bin uh, special of the night. Uh, my bargain bin special uh, of the night Um I heard that this guy has 60 family members in attendance tonight at this Leafs Coyotes game. Damn. And I'm talking about the Nyes family. And he said it funny in the media. He said, I'm going to have like 50 or 60 members of my family, friends attending that game. It will probably have a whole section knowing that rink. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. It was like, a, <laughs> you know, it was a little uh, taking a shot at Mullet Arena, like uh, many players have done uh, over the course of the last year and a bit. So Matthew Nyes is who I'm talking about. Going back to Arizona, uh, he's starting to heat up again. He scored a wonderful goal against St. Louis uh, on Monday afternoon, uh, and he's plus 350 uh, at FanDuel to score a goal tonight for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in his homecoming back to the state of Arizona. So Matthew Nyes for the Toronto Maple Leafs plus 350 uh, is going to be my bargain bin special of the night uh, for this Wednesday uh, NHL card. That game is chock full of great prop bets. So now that – that- yeah. That kind of li- lines itself up. We were talking about this on the betcast yesterday, but that's kind of a natural uh, same game parlay there. If you take Nyes, Matthews, and, and Robertson each to score a goal, you can tie that with you know if you if you feel like you like the over or you like Toronto to win the game, that that there's an SGP already built there for you. There we go. Uh, you're right, and you know it's funny. Allen saying Matthews last ten versus Arizona, he's had four one goal games. So uh, that very interesting to point that out, but. And look, Arizona, you know, that's another thing I forgot to mention when we broke that game down earlier, Leafs and Coyotes. Arizona's beaten Toronto four straight times, swept the last two years, if you can oh, believe yeah. it. 
yeah, Arizona. Two years ago, they won in Toronto and Zona. Same thing last year. So it's like I say, but I don't know. I think I think at some point the Leafs turn the tide, and tonight's the chance for them. I think. With and here's Arizona the thing too: what are we talking about right? the last two years with Arizona? We're talking about Arizona teams that were in the tank. We're talking about Toronto teams that were going balls out in the regular season, trying to yeah. get as many points as possible, trying to be the most dominant team. Now we have something a little different. We had an Arizona team that played a little well early, but they're now starting to kind of fall off the cliff. A Toronto team that knows how to pace themselves, a little bit more maturity, a little bit more poise, a little bit more balance in their scoring and attack. So that's the difference between this year's matchup, this season's matchup, and some of the previous couple of years with these two teams. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Like I said, and I haven't even gotten to the other problem. I like McMahon in that game. I think what Carter Hutton said with Robertson makes a lot of sense. Don't sleep on Logan Cooley and Sean Dursey, a Toronto kid, playing against the Leafs for the Coyotes. Or Alex Kerfoot, a former Leaf, playing for the Coyotes, who's actually been pretty solid offensively lately. So that you talk about props. There's props. I'm shitting props out my ass for this game tonight. Leafs and Coyotes tonight. Uh, that is how much I'm going to be involved in the player prop market with uh, that game. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you got for a uh, best bet? Yeah, let's go. I had to scroll around and look. We're going to take the team total over three and a half, minus $1.10 to minus $1.15 with the Philadelphia Flyers tonight over on the west side of Chicago. It's Arvid Soderblom night, so uh, could, they couldn't care less about what you guys are watching on TNT. It's going to look terrible. It's going to be a bunch of goals more than likely going in the way of the visiting team. So Flyers, Team total over three and a half minus a dollar fifteen is the price I'm seeing kind of a, moving a little bit. So minus a dollar fifteen, we'll call it there. That is my best bet for this Wednesday. All right, there you go. Best bet: uh, the Philadelphia Flyers team total over three and a half, and again as low as minus one ten. That's a that's a very good price in my opinion. Flyers team total over three and a half. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, best bet. You know, if Tampa Bay, if I hadn't unfortunately used them for best bet on Monday. I probably would have used Edmonton, Arizona over six and a half. And I used Arizona over the total with Colorado Sunday as best bet. I should have stuck with it Monday. I didn't. I'm getting going to correct the wrongs tonight. I'm going right back to what's been working. They've been giving up goals in bunches. They'll probably score a few, though, tonight as well against Toronto. Uh, let's go with Toronto, Arizona over six and a half, minus 120. Uh, that is going to be my best bet. Leafs, Coyotes over six and a half. Minus 120 for my best bet for this Wednesday card. Uh, that is a wrap. Great show. Carter Hutton was excellent, uh, and we'll get him back on the show again. And we got another good guest tomorrow, Mike Volman, fresh off a Champions Hockey League championship earlier this week for his Jeanette's, uh, Geneva Servette team. Uh, they beat Skeleptia out of the Swedish League for the Champions Hockey League title. He plays on that team, and he'll be with us tomorrow, and he's going to explain how it came to be that he wrote a, a college thesis on NHL betting. Uh, that will be very fascinating for Mike Bullman, our guest tomorrow uh, on the uh, show. So looking forward to that. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back with you tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 